We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So the Knicks hang on and survive a bit of a scare from an undermanned Sixer team, but for the Knicks right now, it doesn't matter. As Doc Rivers and Tom Thibodeau, such great friends, meet at half court. Thibodeau, of course, the assistant. And Doc Rivers' teams, they won the 2008 title with the Celtics. And as the Knicks get a much-needed win, regardless of how they achieved it, they got the much-needed win after that disappointing loss last night. And Julius Randle sensational in the fourth quarter. Big buckets. Ten of his 31 here in the fourth. And chance of let's go Knicks here. Vociferous chance of let's go Knicks. Oh, boy. <laughs> Say it with me now. This fucking team. Oh, man. Um, uh, huh. Just got an interesting text. Um, yeah. How about those Knicks? How about those Knicks? Talk about the most <laughs> infuriating, um, just cardiac event-inducing, um, stressful mind-boggling at times, uh, but also at times very easy to love and very easy to root for. Uh, seven and four team. It, it, it almost, I almost feel like I'm lying by saying that, that they're seven and four. This does not feel like a team that is seven and four. Um, nothing about this team feels like they're seven and four, um, including their best player. Their best player doesn't feel like a guy who is the best player on a seven and four team um, and, and yet he is, um, and we're going to talk a lot about him because Julius Randall, he saved their ass tonight. I'm not completely. <laughs> so here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing tonight through, I would say three quarters. I was prepared to come on here and say, almost regardless of what happened in the fourth and say, this was a game that I thought Julius Randle was the most it, what he the way he played bothered me more than at any time this season. Um and 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 by the way for any for any first timers here uh you know I have gotten myself already into some some hot water this year um going over the top defending Julius Randle against people 
who, um, you know, have not been too happy with his play. And I was prepared to come on here and, and say that he had played, in my estimation, the, the game that I was least pleased with because more than any other game this season, he was just – he was going to the ISO so much. Uh, I counted six in the first quarter. I thought one came in the flow of the offense, and there were five that were just straight like, clear out, let me get a shot. I counted um, three more in the second quarter, um, and then I then I lost count in in the in the third quarter. Um, going into the fourth, you know, and then he had the fourth quarter that he had, and and Julius Randle again for anybody who may have missed uh, his stat line finished with uh 30 definitely got 30 points um and 10 rebounds i think he had three or four assists um and he was on fire in the fourth quarter he was amazing he he made every big shot for a team that uh needed him to make every big shot you know and it's tempting for me for anybody to say well you know if the offense was uh less stagnant and there were fewer isos initially maybe he wouldn't have needed to save their bacon in the fourth quarter with those with those shots and you know what i'm not going to dismiss that as insane uh, you know out of hand but this is a team right now with a starting point guard who is who is struggling um the three point shot has as for the mo- for the for the moment at least abandoned uh kemba um with the one exception late in the game which was great um, he's, he's not really getting to the rim. Uh, RJ has now had two straight rough games. Um, I couldn't believe it when he missed that, that last look at the rim. I mean, he's been so good at the rim all year long. And, uh, tonight was, was not, and he, he's in a bit of a shooting slump right now, which is fine. He's 21. It happens. I'm not worried. Nobody should be worried about RJ Barrett. RJ Barrett is great and is going to be great. He's just in a bit of a slump right now. Um, Derek Rose, normally amazing, uh, plus a million in the first half. Didn't really have it going um, on offense in the second half. You know, quickly had a, a few moments we're going to talk about quickly. We're, we'll certainly talk about Obi Toppin. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, generally in the NBA, you you are as good or you will go as far as your, as your best player takes you. And Julius Randle is still, despite what RJ made us maybe question for a little while there, um, Julius Randle is still the next best player. And he could still do things and he could still make shots that there's no one else on the team who could make. And is it okay to be frustrated about the fact that this offense, which by the way, I know they were dog shit tonight, but they're still came into tonight as the fourth ranked offense in basketball. A lot of that maybe was from some early unsustainable shooting. They're not hitting threes anymore. Not really concerned about it. I actually like the fact that they took a bunch of threes tonight, even though they didn't go down. I thought a lot of most of the threes were really good. Um, they just missed them. Um, you know, only scored 103 points tonight. Does this offense have another level to reach? Of course, I think they have another level to reach. I think there is some more stuff that they could be doing where, you know, we, we know it when we see an offense that is firing on all cylinders. Even last year's version had moments. They were number one offense in the league for like a three or four week stretch. Um, they had moments where they looked like they were firing also. You know it when you see it. We haven't seen it yet. They are not an offense that is greater than the sum of their parts right now. They are an offense that's a little bit less than the sum of their parts right now. And that's certainly not all on Randall. That's on the collective unit. 
and they will figure it out. It's been 11 games. Tom Thibodeau is a very good coach, and they have very good players. Um, I wanted to bring that up because clearly right now they haven't gotten there yet, and they needed Julius Randle tonight, and Julius Randle came through. And if they didn't have Julius Randle and Julius Randle didn't come through, um, they would not have won this game because, uh, you know, they, this was – I mean, that Sixer team in – I thought it before the game started, you know, you put a bunch of shooters around a guy like Drummond who, you know, say what you want about Drummond. I've said a lot of bad shit about Drummond. He still could do the couple of things that could give teams problems. If he just concentrates on doing those things instead of tries to be a clown out there. And he was, he was on his, he was on on point tonight. Um, so you put a bunch of shooters around, around guys like, and guys are making shots. Fucking George's Niang, Furkan Korknaz. Um, Tyrese Maxey, Shake Milton, like these guys are NBA players. They're like fourth, fifth, sixth men, but they're NBA players. And here's the here's the dirty little secret. And this is the last thing I'm going to say before I get to the Super Chat. I think we need to get out of this mindset, and I'm in the mindset, and I think collectively as a fan base we're in this mindset, that we have somehow as an organization leveled up above where we were Last year, which is to say last year we were a team with one all-star who was playing above his head and a bunch of like scrappy cloy, you know, role players who fit in their roles and they executed their roles really well. And then the offseason came and okay, RJ Barrett's now in year three and Kemba Walker was an all-star two years ago. And Evan Fournier, you know, is a guy who was paid almost $20 million a year to come in here and do his thing. And Obi's in year two and Quickly's in year two. And, you know, Derek Rose is back and all of this stuff. They are still at their core, a scrappy team with one guy who's playing what way above his head because RJ, I think as we're seeing right now, RJ's not ready to be an all-star yet. You know, maybe he'll make me eat my words. I have my friend, the crow up there, courtesy of uh, my buddy, Yash. I haven't brought him down yet because I'm waiting for a really good RJ game. Um, I've already eaten a lot of crow on RJ. Maybe I'll eat some more. I don't think he's there yet. RJ's having a really nice year, a great year, and he's been the, their best player at times for more than Randall's been their best player. But as we're seeing right now, he, he's not all the way there yet. You're still going to have nights like this where, you know, he misses his threes. He misses some shots around the rim. He's not really creating yet. Um, Kemba's not that Kemba anymore. And I don't mean that – I don't say that to be mean. I just say that to just point out the truth. Fournier is going to do Fournier things, but ultimately on a good team, Fournier is going to be exactly what he is, which is like a fourth guy, um, you know, who, who gives and takes a little bit. Um, mostly good, some bad. You know, and then on and on and on down the roster. This is still a team that if, we, if they want to do something, you know, in terms of what some members of this fan base thinks that they are capable of doing, is going to have to outkick their coverage and they are going to need to play above their heads. And that does mean at the end of the day, defense is going to need to be their calling card. And what was nice to see about tonight with some exceptions is I thought they defended really well. And that was the thing that I was most worried about coming into tonight, playing a team without Embiid. Were they going to give that extra effort on defense? And I thought again, with some exceptions, I thought they did that. Um, as my daughter is apparently not happy with, uh, I don't know. She's not happy with something. She's eight months old. She's just not happy sometimes. Um, so, you know, I, I just wanted to make that final point because uh, 
I think once we kind of maybe, and I'm not saying this team still can't be, you know, get home court advantage and win however many games you want to say that they're going to win. But that would, you know, I, I think once we, we go back to the expectation of like, hey, I don't care who we're playing tonight. We have to fight our asses off to win this game. I think we maybe got thrown off that scent early. And I think it would be good for the sanity of all of us if we just settled back into that line of thinking like, you know what? At the end of the day, the Knicks need to play really hard and the Knicks need to play really well and the Knicks need to make some shots if they're going to beat teams. Um, you know, would you like it to be a little bit easier against a team like this with missing the guys that they're missing? Absolutely. It should have been easier. And they didn't play as well as they could have uh, played because they missed a lot of threes. Um, and they also did some dumb shit. Um, but we'll we'll talk about that. Uh, but for the most part, a win is a win. Seven and four is seven and four. And I'll read the final Julius Randle stat line. 31 points, 12 rebounds, five of ten from deep, um, three assists. Uh, it is what it is. And uh, Julius Randle played like an all-star tonight. So kudos to him. All right. Got a lot of comments already in the Super Chat. Let's check it out. Here we go. First one, C. Fagan, 15-17. I find myself wanting RJ to shoot every possession because I want him to break out so bad, LMFAO. For real, though, shout out to King Julius. And let's go Knicks. Um, yeah, I, I don't, you know, look, again, RJ's 21. And he's 21, and we, we don't have to go over the things that RJ is not blessed with. He's not blessed with, like, supernatural, you know, shot creation ability. Um, but he's blessed with other things, and that's why we love RJ. He's He'll be fine. He, he just he had a rough game. He has a rough couple games. The threes are going to fall. He'll be fine around the rim. I still love his approach. Um, yeah, he, uh, he had a tough matchup tonight also on defense with Korkmaz. Korkmaz is tricky, and he's a good player. Uh, Robert Cross, Julius Randle is fixed now. 53 wins. Uh, you know what? Julius Randle. Actually, this is the one point I wanted to make before about Julius. Let me read CT Pittman's super chat comment. What's up, CT? I have a love-hate relationship with Julius, as as we all do. Love his offense, except ISO, and hate his defense at times. You know, I, I sent out a special um, bonus newsletter uh, earlier today in the middle of the day because I went back and I rewatched the tape as I grabbed my juice because I am uh, still a little parched. Um, and the thing about Randall is like his defense is never bad. It's either he's trying full bore or he's not really giving it max effort. And I guess if you want to say that that's bad defense, sure, that's fine. Um, but like the, you know, he saved our ass in the fourth quarter and I was ready to fucking tear him to shreds in, in this post game. And I'll mention it now when he didn't get up on that Niang three, like, <clears throat> You have to get up on that. You know, that cut the lead to one. Granted, he came back and he saved their ass with some shots down the other end, but, like, that's the shit that drives you nuts. And that was not an isolated incident. There were other incidents like that tonight. And what I wrote about today is, like, he kind of goes about defense like most stars go about their defense, which is you take some plays off. And he didn't do that as much last year. I thought he really brought it last year on defense more consistently than he has this season. I hope he gets back to that. And if that means playing less minutes in favor of Obi Toppin, yes, we will talk about it. Um, so be it. Um, you know, but the thing about Randall in terms of his offense and what I'm what I'm starting to realize is like just, you know, this is who Randall is. You know, I, I, I keep waiting to see a version of him that is like, you know, blends better 
with the Knicks new pieces. And I just feel like Randall at the end of the day might just be mellow. I'm not saying he's as good as mellow, not saying that, but in terms of like, you know, mellow wanted to go be mellow. The difference between mellow and Randall is Randall now for two seasons in a row has already been more of a facilitator than Carmelo Anthony ever was. And I think the best version of Julius Randall is when he hits, he takes and hits just enough tough shots to keep defenses honest, but he also is really spraying it around. And I thought he had some really nice passes tonight on shots that didn't go down, three-pointers that didn't go down. One RJ corner three went, another one didn't. He had some other ones. Um, you know, but that's what Randall is. Is that the perfect player? Of course not. Is it the best player on a championship team? No, it's not. But it's the best player we got right now. And and the question will be, you know, how well is he able to blend maybe when they get a real talent upgrade down the line? We'll see. Um, Robert McGinley. 12 points, three rebounds, three assists, 26 minutes per game. Um, 10 points, 3.4 rebounds, 3.4 assists, 23 minutes per game. Oh, I see where this is going. Player Player A is Kemba. Player B is Elf last year. Clearly Kemba's better, but has to start playing like it. Um, please don't ever compare Kemba Walker to Alfred Payton again. I almost vomited in my mouth a little bit just now. Um, Kemba Walker, just by, I know he's slumping from deep right now, but just by being someone who could hit a three-pointer adds a dimension to the offense that they didn't have last year. Um, I know everybody seems to want to – the fact that the Knicks have a top-five offense, it's been 11 games, not nothing. Those Kemba threes – disappear i know he's slumping right now but he's still hitting whatever he's hitting 40 some odd percent from deep he'll hit threes again like that by itself is worth its weight in gold over shithead who's playing in um phoenix right now and i don't want to hear about the defense because i watched alfred alfred payton on defense last year and he was not good he tried hard and you know he was a bigger guard, a little bit bigger, so like guys couldn't take advantage of him by bringing him down low. And yes, they could do that with Kemba occasionally. Do I feel like that's the thing that's holding this offense, this defense back? No, I know. Um, you know, Kemba's going to be fine. Whether the question about Kemba is, is he ever going to be able to get the ability back to drive guy to break guys down on the perimeter and drive the lane um, and do some damage when he gets there? And, and you know what? Maybe that's gone. And if that's gone, and he's a spot up point guard who, you know, can occasionally take advantage of a mismatch or whatever the case may be, and he plays, you know, 20 minutes a night. Like, that's still valuable. It's just maybe not the guy that we thought we were getting. It doesn't mean you put him in the same sentence as Alfred Payton. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Warzone Chronicles. Randall bailed out Tibbs tonight for sure. Tibbs is genuinely alarming me with his rotations and minutes distribution. Look, people, I, I don't – what the fuck do you want the man to do? The man just won Coach of the Year. I, I Like, we have to get off of this as a fan base because we sound like fucking assholes. We sound like assholes with this stuff. And I know I'm a Tibbs apologist. I know I'm a Tibbs apologist. But, like, go around to any fan base in the league. Every fan base does this shit where they complain about their coach and minutes and rotations. And no one's happy with their coach. You know who's happy with their coach? Maybe Utah, who has a flawless system in um, in what they've instilled there with shooters and Mitchell and Gobert and the defense and the whole thing. And you know what? I bet you there were fans bitching and moaning about Quinn Snyder after they lost to, to Orlando the other night. The man knows what he's doing. He sees things that we don't see. He, I know we want to see the guys we want to see more. And we will always second guess when things don't go well. And guess what? Things are always going to not go well because it's tough to win games in the NBA when you don't have superstar talent. And so when things don't go well, the inevitable you know, reaction is, oh, the guy making the decisions must have done something wrong, wrong. When the reality is the Knicks just have a collection of players who aren't particularly great. It's a good collection of players. It's a nice collection of players, but it's an imperfect collection of players. Um, you know, I wasn't going to read this, but I will now. So JB, shout out to JB, the creator of Knicks Film School, um, was at the game tonight in Philly. And um, he texted me right after the game. Don't know if they caught it on TV, but on a possession before Tibbs pulled Obi the last time, he was very upset with something Obi did on offense, like he missed a play or something. He then immediately calls for Taj. And Obi was was visibly upset on the bench. So again, I don't know if this is what you're referring to in terms of the rotations or whatever. That's what the 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 uh, flavor of the moment seems to be. Obi needs to get more time. Um, like Obi had taken advantage of on defense a couple times tonight, and it hurt them. Like those buckets that the the Sixers scored when Obi was defending whoever the fuck he was defending, and they took him into the paint and they scored. Like those count too. I get that he's in good position, but sometimes like the guy's just not there yet. He's a solid NBA defender. I think he's going to be a better NBA defender um, in time. But, like, this stuff with the tip stuff, like, you just got to stop it, guys. Um, 
I, I don't know what else to say. It's really frustrating because we are supposed to be the smarter fan base. And we're supposed to be the fan base that doesn't overreact. Um, anyway, the Flying Machine Collective. The game showed me that we need good quickly minutes. Yes, quickly was the big I, – listen, I said it multiple times um, last year. I thought he was their second most important player at times last year. Um, certainly the games he played well in, he was their second most important player. Um, he gives them a spark that nobody else on the team gives them. And uh, I don't think they win this game without Emmanuel quickly. So shout out to quick uh, Ryan Menzies. I don't know if I can handle 71 more games with anxiety like this. LOL. Yeah. You and me both. Um, so game 11, I'm already yelling at the, uh, yelling at the, the, uh, super chat, uh, Louis Lunis. Am I right? Jules and IQ told online haters to touch some grass. <laughs> what does that mean? Touch some grass. I don't know what that means. Um, but yeah, sure. I guess they did. Uh, shout out to you. Um, uh, do, do, do. Let me go back up. And uh, shout out, by the way, we have over 600 people in here on a uh, on a Monday night. Um, we're almost at 100 likes. Feel free to gently tap your like button if you're enjoying um, my, my beratement here. Uh, Leo, GM, I was watching the Philly live stream. Announcers kept saying how there were too many Nick fans in the arena. Who let them in here? Let's go next. Yeah. No, we uh, traveled well. Uh, like I said, JB's at the game or was at the game. He sent me a video from earlier uh, and just a ton of Knicks fans in his section. Ton of Knicks fans in his section. So good to see. Um, D Zilla, big shot, Julius. We here, we back. Yeah, I mean, you got to hit him, right? He had to, if he didn't hit those shots, sing a different tune. But hey, listen, it's a make or miss league. You made the shots. Give the man credit. Hush Zoo. RJ needs to get chokes, choke slammed. <laughs> choke slammed? Choke slammed through a flaming table, and maybe just maybe the refs will give half a breath into a whistle call. Um, I, RJ could get a better whistle. I still think there's more that he could be doing to, I don't know if I want to say draw the contact. I don't know if I want to say sell the contact. I think it's somewhere in between drawing and selling the contact. But when RJ does go to the line, you know it. Uh, or in terms of the play that the plays that get into the line, you know it when you see it, and there's no doubt about it. And then there's plays that he leaves some doubt in the refs' minds, and he can't leave any doubt. Is that fair? Mm, probably not, but um, you know, I think he could be better, and I think he will get to the point where he gets you know um, close to eight free throws a game. Harry Donor, you're the man. Always appreciate you coming in here and, and showing your support. Uh, Matthew Schwartz. Two first-round picks and quickly for Cole Anthony. <laughs> why not? Look, shout-out to Cole Anthony. Uh, why not? Because I want my guy. I want him to quickly. I know Cole's having a really nice year for Orlando, and I'm, I'm very happy for him. He's scoring a bunch of points on a team that has absolutely nobody on it. Um, and, uh, yes, they've won some games, and, and he has been efficient. Um, uh, I'm not sure I'm ready to be on the – we must get Cole Anthony uh, train yet. Um, Max Hoover, what's going on, Max? I don't care how shorthanded they were. Always love to beat Philly. Me too. Two in a row after we lost 15 straight. So shout out to that. They worship Rocky like he's a real dude. <laughs> and I've seen them boo Santa Claus. Great comment. Appreciate you, Max. Hope all is well, my man. Um, Jeremy Chase. I want nothing more than a Knicks championship. But am I crazy for being content with Knicks competence two years removed? From 20 years of dog shit? No, not at all. Um, and 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 we, you know, we should point out 
that for as much as this has been a frustrating year, and that's why, like, I, I really shouldn't come on here and, and snap because we really did build up this season. And I still, you know, the day I think the season started, I think I sent out a poll to Twitter and like a couple thousand people responded. And I was like, do you think this team is going to win 50 or more games? Um, I think I said 46 to 49, 42 to 45 or 41 or less. And I think like half the people said 50 wins. Now, I I don't know that I ever was quite on that train. Um, You know, I thought they would be better. Um, And I thought they would have about the same winning percentage as last year, obviously more games this season, you know, and, and this, and this year has been a letdown, which is why I wanted to say what I wanted to say at the beginning of the, of the, uh, of the live stream, but they are competent. They are competently coached. They are competently run. They, you know, with some obvious quibbles here and there, they execute for the most part. Um, they go out and they, you know, the effort hasn't been what we got used to last year, but that was a supernatural thing on the whole. Like they go out and they give us a brand of basketball that you can be proud of most nights. Um, they got good, you know, they are competent. They are absolutely a competent team. And I'm look, maybe that joy runs out, but I'm with you, Jeremy. I'm, I'm happy with, with competence. Jeremy E. I think you're a little too hard on RJ. I'm always too hard on RJ. Um, other than this game and yesterday's, he's been their best player. I think you could be harder on Julius's ISOs. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I look, Julius's ISOs were driving me crazy. That's why I said I was going to come on here and and berate him because I thought it really was his his worst performance through you know two and a half three quarters. Um, because that stuff really does take the Knicks out of their offense, and even when RJ is not hitting shots, the one thing that you have to say about RJ this year is all of his shots have come within the flow of the offense. And I've, again, I feel like a broken record. I feel like I pointed this out several times last year. There were still a lot of possessions where RJ would take shots that were just bad shots. They were ugly shots. They were shots that you knew they weren't going in. And he has virtually eliminated those shots from his diet. Um, I, that's why I'm not bothered by RJ at all. I'm not, I'm not upset with RJ at all. I'm just pointing out that RJ had two bad games in a row. Um, at this point, 11 games in, who do I think has been their best player, RJ or Julius? Probably RJ. Probably RJ. Um, I still think Julius Randle is the better player right now at this stage of his career. But I think RJ has been the better player of the two through 11 games, despite the last two games. Um, and I've certainly enjoyed watching RJ Barrett a hell of a lot more than I've enjoyed watching Julius Randle. Um, so yeah, that's a good comment. Good, good call by you, Jeremy. Uh, Aussie Knicks fan, thank you for your contribution. We appreciate you. Um, Kevin Danishevsky, good win and so happy to be seven and four. Um, I, you know, I'd much rather be eight and three. I'm not gonna lie. <coughs> I like the mellow Randall comparison a lot. Yeah, I mean it's it's obvious at this point. Um I, I except I think you know Randall's never gonna be the scorer that, that Mello was. He just no one there aren't ten guys in league history that were the scorer Mello was. But I do think as a playmaker he has a chance to be 
higher. And I think he's already shown that. Um, uh, Burks was out there way too long. As I've said, the fit's not there this year. Um, you know what? I'm going to disagree with that vehemently. Um, I think Alec Burks made the play of the game. Um, they were um, – what was the score? I'll look it up right now. Uh, Alec Burks – it was in the it was in the fourth quarter, I think, when Alex Burks uh, got his hand on an offensive rebound and he tapped it back out and the ball went over quickly and quickly made a three. And it was a massive momentum three at the time. I mean, Burks' stat line, he had five points. He was one of five from deep, two of seven from the field. He's obviously not shooting it very well. He's not gonna. He's not gonna. You know, make you. You know, uh, crazy about his defense. His defense is fine. You know, um, but I think Alec Burks is a guy who I said it all last year, and I'll say it again. He's a guy who's usually gonna make the right play, and I don't feel like he ever makes the wrong play. And I like his process. I like how he goes about playing the game. Um, I know we all want to see more Grimes and, and whatever. But I, there's a reason that Tibbs trusts Alec Burks, and that's because Alec Burks proved a lot to Tibbs last season, and he proved a lot to us last season, even though it seems like um, many people forgot. Alec Burks was a big part of a lot of wins last year. Um, so, you know, throw that by the wayside. See, that's the thing, and, that, and I guess that's why I, I'm a little bit – I get a little bit bothered when people are, are critiquing Tibbs and the rotations and whatnot. Tom Thibodeau can't make rotation decisions and minutes decisions based on a game or five games, or honestly, even the 11 games or 10 games, whatever of this season, like he has to consider the body of evidence. And I think if you had a coach who was more willing to dismiss what guys did before the year started, um, like guys aren't going to want to play for that coach because if a guy starts off and he gets off to a rough, you know, shooting slump and he's a guy who's been in the league for several years and he has to start wondering, well, shit, I'm, you know, I'm only shooting 41% overall and like 34% from deep. And like, I had that bad turnover that last game. Cause I'm just, I'm not like playing my best right now, but, is the coach going to bench me? Cause I've had this, this rough, you know, um, 10 game stretch. And like, nobody wants to think that. And like the reason why I, I've said this, and I don't know this to be true for a fact, but it's what I assume. I think the reason Thibodeau gets buy-in from his guys is because guys like not everybody's going to sell out for every coach and guys sell out for Tom Thibodeau. There's a reason guys like Derek Rose and Taj Gibson will, you know, fire him and, uh, or follow him into the, the fiery pits of hell. Um, so yeah, I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to push back on anybody who's like, you know, we went with this guy too long because he's been, you know, he hasn't been playing well of late. Like I think what Tibbs shown us has shown us is that he's really good at identifying if someone's really hot, if someone really hasn't gone and it's happened with quickly the last two nights, he's going to leave him in until, you know, it starts to wear off. I think Tibbs goes with the hot hand more than we realize or more than we'd like to admit. Um, but you know, oh, look, what do I know? I'm some asshole sitting here talking in front of my computer. So everybody's entitled to their opinion, right? Uh, Anthony Six, though. Crazy idea. Until 30 games, uh, this is mostly time to tinker and feel things out. It's very fair. 
Uh, Knicks didn't hit their potential until after the Rose trade last year. Very true. I, I've, I've said I want to wait till at least the 16-game mark, and really probably 20, 30 games is, is a better, better uh, point. Uh, Dom Cappuccini, um, maybe a sign the three-point defense is back. Um, we'll see. I thought it was better. It was not great tonight. Hopefully Noel is good to go for Wednesday. Yeah, I don't I don't want to live in a world where Nerlens Noel is not um, doing his thing because Nerlens uh, only played the first half, but he was excellent in his 12 minutes, played uh, whatever. He, I don't even care what he scored. He scored six points, um, got two rebounds, didn't record or block or a steal, but I really like how he's moving around on defense. Been very impressed with that. Um, so, yeah, I hope so. Um, Warming up before the second half is encouraging. Yes, I completely um, agree with that. Uh, What else we got here? Um, Man, we got Super Chats on fire today. Uh, Warzone Chronicles. I'll see you in the playoffs where we flame out again because Tibbs is incapable of moving off his inscrutable rotations. Obi wasn't on Taj. Uh, Obi wasn't on Taj Shrug. I don't know what that's supposed to mean. Um, yeah, I mean, look, Tibbs has never um, gone farther than he's supposed to go in the playoffs. Actually, that's not true. He did once um, when they uh, beat the Nets, when the Bulls beat the Nets with an undermanned Bulls team. Um, what I do know is that he's never, he's never like, flamed out in the playoffs before he should have, or at least based on what the talent dictated. Um, and by the way, Tibbs did move off of his rotations in the playoffs last year. He did it twice. He benched Peyton and he he started Rose, um, and he went with Obi and, and Julius as a at small ball. And when things you know, granted, it was a little bit desperate, um, but he tried to pull that out. It didn't really work. Honestly, the Rose thing didn't really work either. As a coach, you're going to be. I mean, Jeff Van Gundy said it to me on this podcast. He's been saying it to anyone willing to listen for. For 30 years, you as a coach, you're as good as your talent. And, you know, people can yell and scream. And there are some truly horrendous coaches and there are some truly gifted coaches. But most everybody else, you know, you do the most with the talent that you have. Um, And I think the fact that uh, Tibbs uh, has the reputation he has around the league um, means that he kind of knows what he's doing. Forgotten NYC. Do you think there could be a trade to be made? Obviously, foolish especially 11 games in, but I feel like this team just needs a little extra space. Um, no, I, I don't think there's an obvious trade right now um, that I could think of. Like, ooh, I mean, yeah, what do they need? They need a, a the, they need the, the Kemba Walker from, from three years ago. That would be nice, but uh, that guy's not really out there. Um, so I, I don't see an obvious trade right now. I want to see these guys have time to play. Uh, PKNY in Switzerland on a business trip watching at 3.30 a.m. Shout out to you. And have an early morning meeting. God bless you, man. We are all crazy. LOL. 7-4, 7-4. Rather win uh, an ugly-ass game than lose. Me and you both. Um, shout out to uh, Switzerland. I hope the meeting goes well. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zen Nicotine Pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. 
Get in gear with the Zen 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Um, EJS, thanks for being a voice of reason. Uh, I don't know if I'm the voice of anything right now because I uh, am about to lose my voice yet again. Uh, too much negativity in the fan base. Seven and four, fifty percent of our potential is a dream, considering where we were three years ago. And and look, that's the other part of it. And it's kind of old hat to say this now, but like all the confidence and like the fact that we're getting on here and bitching and moaning about a win and we're seven and four and it's not good enough and this rotation and that rotation. Yeah, the 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 reason we're we're on here talking about that and not me sitting on here um, talking about. You know, Jonathan Wasserman's top 50 uh, draft board that came out today and who we're looking forward to in the draft fucking eight months from now. The reason is is Tom Thibodeau because he came in here and he cleaned shit up. So Tom Thibodeau may not be perfect and I may be apologizing for him way too much. Um, but none of this shit is possible without Tom Thibodeau. So just, you know, remember who you're talking about. Uh, Harry Donart. I love I love when Harry chimes in because you know it's going to be going. Everyone is too down on this team. We're seven and four with some truly quality wins. Completely agree. Uh, is it perfect? No, but I see some positive regression coming on the three pointers, and Tibbs will get the defense clicking. Completely agree. I can't say it better than than you just said it. So I'm just going to let that comment stand on its own. Uh, thank you, Harry. Uh, Neville Humphreys. You cannot only hold certain players accountable and let other players do whatever they damn well want, period, point blank. Um, I'm assuming this is a, a reference to Randall. I, I, I mean, I don't know how to respond. I mean, my gut response is to say, look around the league and go find me a star player who doesn't take it easy on defense occasionally. And then go look at, go look at all those coaches um, you know, Greg Popovich is considered the greatest coach of the last 30 years because he had a guy who refused to take any playoff ever. And his name was Tim Duncan. And uh, Tim Duncan set the tone for that organization for 20 years. And that is why that organization won five world championships over that time. Tim Duncan is also a top 10 player of all time. And guys like that are few and far between. Um, most best players, guys who are not top 10, top 15, top 20 all-time type guys, are guys that do, um, if you are, if, again, if they are the star, quote-unquote, star of their team, um, they do pick and choose where they're going to give max effort on defense. Do I like it? No. Do I think it's okay? No. Do I think Julius Randle, and this is what I wrote about today. I wrote these very words today. Randle needs to lean on his teammates more and then – so he could give more effort on defense. I wrote that. That being said, um, to 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 expect Tom Thibodeau to like when when Randall like doesn't get up on a three point shooter or misses a rotation or something, 
to pull him and and sit him on the bench. Like that doesn't that's not that's not how the league works. It's not how the league should work. You need your best players out there, and hopefully, your best players do try more often than not on D. And I do think Julius Randle tries more often than not on D. And I think he's he's been you know he's been okay on the whole. Um, it's just the reality of the situation um, is what it is. Emad Khalil. Uh, we are a team in progress. We have to work Kemba and Evan into the offense. Um, yeah, that's been my my biggest bugaboo on the offense is that. Uh, I'd like to see those guys worked in more. Not to say that those guys have not had their moments, but in terms of, um, again, uh, rising tide lifts all ships, uh, holes greater than some of its parts. That's, I don't think, what we've seen yet. We'll know in January. But I fear we are missing a player. Need a trade for question mark. Yeah, again, I don't, I don't know. Um, who that player is today. Um, maybe that will reveal itself. I, I, I'd, again, I'd like to see this group play for a while before I, uh, you know, I call for a trade. D Black, the obvious trade is to swap out missed threes for made threes and bad defense for good defense. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, last thing I, I've, feel like I opened by saying we're going to talk about Obi Toppin, and I feel like I haven't talked about, about Obi Toppin. So Obi Toppin, again, played nine minutes. I, re- I read you the thing that I was texted earlier today about that he missed something. Um, here's the thing about Obi Toppin. Obi Toppin, when he does good things, they they pop. And it's just like you want to see so much more of it because you believe that if Obi Toppin got 39 minutes instead of nine minutes – He'd be putting up 20 a game and 10 rebounds and all of that stuff. I think on offense, um, the finishes are amazing. He's not the playmaker that Randall is, obviously, and he's not the three-point shooter that Randall is right now. And I think Obi's inability to hit a three right now actually does – that has to be a slight consideration. I do believe in the three long-term. Um but there is – you love when he's out there because it, what he opens up on the fast break. And, yeah, there are absolutely games like the first three quarters of this game where I was like, give me Obi instead of Randall because I don't need to see this ISO bullshit. On defense, Obi still has a little bit of ways to go, and I was probably a little bit overly exuberant earlier in the year when I said, like, Obi Toppin's a good defender. I don't know if he's a good defender yet. He has good defensive moments, and he's not a bad defender anymore. Uh, he was a bad defender when he came into the league. Um, you know, but, and he's still, you know, he needs to work on stuff like boxing out and, and rebounding and, and all that, all the little nitty gritty stuff. And like, I wish I could sit here and be like, oh, I see all these little things that Tib sees. Um, you know, I, again, I tend to be a more trusting person. I trust that whatever Tibbs is seeing where he does not fully trust Obi Toppin, to play more minutes, and I do believe that he does not fully trust Obi Toppin to play more minutes right now. I believe that whatever he's seeing is, like, you know, legit. He's not making stuff up in his head. Maybe he's being harder on the kid. Um, I certainly think he's being hard on the kid, but I also think he wouldn't be hard on the kid if he didn't believe in the kid. Um, And Toppin wouldn't be getting any minutes if he didn't believe in him. So um, I'm not going crazy about the Toppin minutes. Not right now. Um, More good stuff is going to be there to come for Obi. Um, the last thing I'll say, and like we were, I was texting about this um, in our text chain earlier today. 
there, I do think Obi has done enough already this year to probably raise eyebrows around the league. So a few people have already asked about a hypothetical trade to like make this team better. Like if you're asking me my objective, like take my fandom out of it and like take the fact that I want to see Obi top and play here for the next 10 years out of it. The, the, the objective trade is you package OB and like, you know, whatever picks and salary. And then you, you bring back whoever you're going to bring back because you should be able to get something for him. Some pretty good. Um, that said, I don't want to give him up. I don't think we've seen nearly the best from Obi, but at the same time, you know, when are we going to see the best from Obi as long as Julius Randle is here? Um, that is certainly an issue that this team has and the front office has to deal with moving forward. It's a good problem to have. Uh, crazy things happen in the NBA. We'll see how it gets resolved, but that's a topic for another day. Uh, for right now, uh, I just want to say thanks to everybody who came into the super chat. Oh, um, we got one more. Lewis Middens. I felt as if they missed a bunch of OB pick and roll opportunities. They've been missing that all year. Very good comment. I completely agree that they need to um, utilize that more. His athleticism is unmatched and should get to this. Uh, should get the stat treatment when he's out there. Yeah, no, I, I just I completely agree. I think they they could use him better. Um, and that's on that's on Tibbs. That's on the the other players on the floor. Um, you know, but also teams are looking out for that. So just because they get into a pick and roll doesn't mean necessarily that the opportunity is there to finish the pick and roll successfully. We saw them attempt, I think, some lobs in the last game to Obi and or at least one that comes to mind, um, that they didn't they weren't able to convert. Um okay. That's all I got. Thanks everybody for watching. If you're checking this out tomorrow morning on the uh good old podcast feed. Feel free to leave us a uh, five-star rating, write a review, subscribe if you're not already subscribed. Um, dropping a podcast on Wednesday. I am talking to someone, uh, I'm not going to say who it is yet, but someone about the upcoming uh, Bucks game. We're going to talk about the defending world champ. And then we got someone coming up later in the week, talk a little about about the Hornets. Uh, those are the Knicks, of course, next two opponents, Milwaukee and um, Charlotte. So we'll see what happens. I'm feeling a lot better about the prospects of this week after this win. Um, if they could get one of these next two games, I will sign for it right now. I'm telling you that out front. Um, all right. Enjoy guys. Seven and four.